Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Hey, man, what's going on? What's the good word? Oh, it's, uh, it's I'm a little uh, sl- uh, sluggish, a little low on sleep, but uh, not a, too I'm, bad. I'm a little uh, high on sluggish and low on sleep myself. How's your head? Well, the head was never too bad. It was always like a stomach. I did some drinking last night, not like as a celebratory thing, but... Yeah, my friends and I were just gonna like watch election returns and connect on Skype or you know Google Chat or something, and uh, you know just get drunk and laugh at the election returns. But uh, one of my friends blew me off. They went and did something else, so I went out to a bar with a friend, and they didn't have a TV, so everybody was watching their cell phones. <laughs> and then I, I went I kept home. Thinking, uh, talking to Grace, I was saying, you know what? I don't. Oh, that would be antisocial to just sit here and like watch the election returns on Twitter. Why don't we actually go out into our community and and find a pub where people are actually watching the returns and sit down at the bar and like maybe chat with people and I'll have a couple of martinis and we'll eat some snacks. Grace can't drink any alcohol at all, but I would you know, make up for it a little bit. But that turned out to be kind of lame. Why was it lame? It was lame because uh well, we went to a couple places. We were looking for a local bar. We found a place that looked promising based on friend recommendations, um, but they didn't have any beer. They just had, uh, I think it was Bud Light and Miller. <laughs> were you in heaven? Because there's an old polka. In heaven, there is no beer. That's why we drink it here. Maybe we were. And then yeah. people were smoking a lot because everybody smokes in Saginaw. And they oh, weren't in, smoking. indoors? Not indoors, but the uh, buckets they were using for their cigarette butts were just right outside the door, and they kept coming in and out in groups, so it right. was bothering me. I'm real sensitive to smoke now, apparently. Oh, me too. But, it's uh, it's off the chain. Of course, New York is a no-smoking state in public, you know, in restaurants and stuff, yeah, so it's a beautiful yeah. thing. So I've gotten I've gotten really used to not being around smoke, and, and in uh, Ann Arbor, smoking just isn't socially acceptable at all there anymore. It's like, uh, it just doesn't happen, unless it's like maybe the real dive bars. I like it. Very few people were there. There were a few people arguing at the bar, and a lot of, one guy cursing a lot, and but it was mostly empty. So we left. You mean like looked, cursing about the election returns? Yeah, like he was ranting. He was kind of intoxicated, just ranting about how this all, all was because of stupid, uneducated voters. And he, he was very. Uh, was he uh, anti Obama? Pro, pro Romney, yeah. Uh, well, well, what was he? Pro Romney or anti Obama? Well, anti Obama. So then uh, we went down to uh, downtown to look for another place, and the bars were all empty. And I, I don't know, was everyone? Maybe everyone was just. I think out everyone in the stayed townships. home. Yeah, either they stayed home or they were out. Like no one goes to the local pubs; they all go to like TGI Fridays, six miles. Well, away. Well, the bar I went to was kind of dead too. Mm. It was a shame because I think it could have been. A nice uh, way to watch the returns and celebrate. What we should have found, Grace was looking for the local UAW. They were having some kind of election-watching party. We should have gone there. I think I would have felt more at home with those people. Well, the other big news is that this is the first podcast we are doing when it's dark out. It's dark out there? Well, yeah, you know, the whole clock change. We did the clock change thing last Sunday in New York State. I don't know. Do you do that there? 
Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's just sun- sunset is just coming on, but we did change our clocks back. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're farther west, but it is dark here right now. Cool. No, it's not cool. I absolutely hate the uh, the early the early night. But what are you yeah, do? I wasn't thinking because yeah, I I get um, it is we're into the segment of the year like after the clocks change, but before we hit the the shortest day and it starts going backwards, that that just pushes me into uh, depression. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the best thing about winter for me is when the 22nd hits or 21st, whatever day that is, I know that the uh, the days are getting longer. So even though it's dark, you know, sort of like emotionally, once the uh once we hit the the winter solstice, I know the days are getting longer and it's sort of right. like it's you're running downhill at that point with something to look forward to, you know. Yeah, even though it's it's very slow, imperceptibly slow almost, but it's it's happening. It's minute, a couple minutes a day maybe. Well, yesterday I ended up hooking up with a friend that I haven't seen in about 12 years. Uh, did I tell you about that at all uh, uh, on Facebook no, I don't or anything? Think so. Well, I used to work for his studio in New Jersey, and he's up here at a local studio doing some tracking for a, fr- a mutual friend does uh, sort of a Christmas album uh, to benefit charities. And um, he asked him to come up and do the tracking. Cool. So they're using um, this local studio, Castle Recording, and Tim brought up his really high-end preamps and converters and uh, brought some mics that he likes to use, and uh, they're just doing a massive like five-day sprint to get all the tracking done. And, and they're like actually uploading the Pro Tools sessions to his FTP server back down in New Jersey so that the guy there can get to like editing them and tightening them up and cleaning them up so when he returns he can mix them on the big desk so but you know we hadn't connected in about 12 years and he invited me down to the studio so well uh, we chatted i i might go visit him one more time before uh, before they leave but yeah so that's that's what's been going on here not nothing too exciting what kind of music is this I don't actually know. Um, they were just kind of doing a few simple overdubs when I got there, and they kind of took a break so Tim could, you know, chat with me. It's Christmas music, probably rock and roll versions of Christmas music. I, I hope it's not like um, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. That's just bombastic, bombastic <laughs> fucking yeah. trash as far as new, I'm concerned. New age. Well, it's just trying to capitalize on the Mannheim thing. Let's make some Christmas music that's different. Right. Except right. Mannheim stuff is kind of cool at times, and Trans-Siberian Orchestra is just, like, bombastic. You know, we'll make a distorted guitar and all the metalheads will buy. It's just awful. I hate it, you know? Yeah. I've heard I've heard bits of that genre that I thought were cool and innovative at times, but overall, it's yeah, it's pretty wretched. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, you want to jump into our first tune? Yeah, let's jump into our first tune. There is a theme to the music tonight, and uh, maybe some of you will catch the theme. If not, I'll explain uh, towards the end of the show. So let's check it out. It's hard to hear 
Yeah, so that was Big Green with a song called Disruption. Very Beatles-esque, very cool. Nice song. I like them. I like those guys a lot because they're they're crazy, you know? They're, uh, they're out of their <laughs> minds politically. They do funny things. They're very creative and clever. And uh, Their lyrics are certainly a, a little bizarre and surreal, and I always appreciate that. So. It would be cool to have them both guest on the podcast one day, you know, because I think they'd fit right in. That would be. We could do that uh, maybe via Skype. We did have Joe on uh, a mm-hmm. few years ago, but, uh, you know, getting them both might be cool, too. Yeah. So something big happened yesterday. Um, let's see. What was it? Um, oh, the election. That's right. We had some sort of election yesterday. It was the most important erection of our lifetime. It's, it's, <laughs> it was very much, yeah. It was electal dysfunction. I, I was going to make that joke, and then I noticed you made it on Facebook the other day. So <laughs> sorry. We were, sort of well, great minds it. think alike. We're sharing a brain, as a friend of mine says. Yeah. Well, so what happened? This is post-election day. We're recording on a Wednesday uh, instead of a Thursday because yep. Paul apparently has something to do that's more important than the podcast. I'm going to be driving. Yeah. And for work. Uh, you've podcasted when you've drove, driven before, though. I've heard it. Oh, yeah, that's true. But uh, just solo. I, I don't think I could maintain a Skype connection. <laughs> so I think last week I predicted 325 to 330 votes for the Obaminator. And if he takes Florida, which I suspect he will, the magic number will be 332. So who's the man? Say yeah, it. Who's the I man? Think, uh, well, I, I think you. I think you called it, but uh, I think... Both of us were reading uh, Nate Silver's predictions and were, were pretty uh, uh, convinced by his reasoning, I think. Yeah, but he so. didn't. He predicted 314.7 or 314.3, something like that. Well, you can't actually have fractional electoral votes. So. Well, I know. And some, there are some numbers that can't happen either. But, you know, given right. that so many of the states are spoken for, um, you know, I didn't know the number would be 332. But I just knew that support for Obama was, you know, in the past week with the storm and with Chris Christie. And I mean, yeah. there were so many intangibles that I knew you know, the the number, it was just going to keep climbing. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a very, very high likelihood that he's going to take Florida for the 332. He's sitting at 303 right now, and I think there's 29 yeah. in Florida. I think so, yeah. There was a there was a bit of maybe a bandwagon effect. People want to be on the winning team at, at the end, right, right before the election. I think you frequently see that. I mean, that could be true, too. But I am just amazed at the the sort of the right wing response to this that I'm seeing today. I mean, uh, I, I saw some of the Tea Party people were saying the reason the GOP lost was because they need to be more extreme. And I'm thinking to myself, absolutely, that's that's how that portion of the GOP base is pushing. Well, them. Just, but what are right, they thinking? Right, right. They're they're completely out of touch with the reason why the GOP lost. And I'm thinking, great. You know what? Keep pushing them to be more extreme, and yeah. you'll lose again, and you'll keep losing, and you'll you'll be putting out a great bad example of just how awful you are. I mean, all of those crazy abortion senators lost. You know, the the if it's a real legitimate, you know, rape, and right. I believe being having a baby out of wedlock is the same as rape, and you know, every one of those guys lost. Well, they've been basically creating this uh, this closed uh, this closed echo chamber. Chamber. And I'm not saying the left is never guilty of this, because I think the left is to some extent. But 
uh, especially with Fox News, uh, and especially this year, you saw it really clearly illustrated when they refused to believe any polling data. Right. The polling numbers had to be these crazy liberal polls. Well, and if I work it's for been a campaign— 10 years. It's been 10 years that they've been holding themselves up in this circle of right-wing blogs and TV— and people have just gotten accustomed to only hearing things that are echo around in that circle. So, I mean, if I work for a campaign, I want reliable data so that I can plan, you know, strategies. You would think that. <laughs> but the people that were saying that the polls were fake really weren't necessarily Romney, uh, you know, people in the Romney camp. They were mostly the Limbaugh's and, and a lot of the sheeple that... That follow him. But I mean, why wouldn't you want real polling data to know where you really sit? You know, why it's would, hard it just for me to no understand. Uh, and, you know, Carl Rove did this uh, very s- strange performance on Fox where he kind of had a little bit of a meltdown where he could, didn't believe that. You mean they last were night when he was it. begging them not to call Ohio? Yeah, saying, wait. And then he wanted to go talk to their, their data people. Meanwhile, they had called it. And uh, he is, you know, he's Bush's brain and this savvy guy and this electioneer and, you know, this uh, propagandist who runs this thing. And was he really only uh, only uh, believing on the so-called unskewed polls and all that? If so, that's that's just tragic, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, it's true. If, if the people running the, the campaign, I mean, you know, there's like one level of propaganda that it makes sense to put out into the media. But if they're believing their own propaganda, that's uh, that's a bad place to be. Yeah, I'm not really sure where he was necessarily coming from, but um, it was just kind of an act of desperation, I think, on his part, because the state really legitimately only was 75 or 77 percent in when he was making that collect, making the call not to to to. Um, to give up on Ohio, but I mean, you know, it, it was a done deal. Uh, I don't know. It, right. it's, it was kind of sad and pathetic is what it was, but I, I would hope to believe that someone in his position who runs the Super PAC, which, oh, by the way, put $300 million yeah. Yeah, exactly. into the Romney campaign, you, you would think that he was would be uh, wanting to see real polling data. You know, the yeah, other I, thing I that uh, kind of surprises me a little bit about this is, like, some of my friends on my uh, Facebook page I didn't realize some of them were as anti-Obama and like right-wing nutjobish as I mean I had no inkling at all. And then one of the guys in my friend list just went off yesterday. I mean he had a, a, a real I mean what Rove had was nowhere near a meltdown. Yeah, what my friend had yeah. on Facebook yesterday was definitely a meltdown. I'm gonna move. I can't believe these people voted for this Kenyan Muslim socialist. And He's this is a guy that I've worked with in the recording studio. We get along great. We. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. may have even played them on the podcast. I don't know. Not saying, but um, I out of the woodwork suddenly I would, he's I off would the give deep end. people like say give a little, little bit of the benefit of the doubt. You know, give them a chance to be upset and don't assume that that is like their their final. Oh answer. no no no! I was having a little fun with them. I said things like, "Well, yeah. you know, I didn't vote for Obama, so I don't know if that th- right. you know he, he assumes I voted for Romney or not." Yeah, I, I'm not getting. I I don't have a lot of uh you know Schadenfreude. Like I don't really I don't feel really great about this election. I feel like like you. I didn't vote for Obama, and I I feel um. I did vote against Romney in a sense, though. Uh, my feeling is sort of slight relief, but um, not overwhelming relief and not a lot of joy, you know? Yeah. You know, to well, to get back to what I was saying about my friend, he uh, I was trying to calm him down a little bit, 
So I kept saying, dude, let's make a record. Let's make a record. And when I woke up in the morning and I saw that he was still ranting under that thread, <laughs> I was like, you know, I felt I had to break his chops. And, you know, I'd, I'd said like, you know, we should invite Ted Nugent to be on your record. And then he's like, oh, that's really funny. And he actually had some fun with it. And I said, but, you know, if he's going to pre- threaten the president in the studio, we can't have that. Because if the Secret Service breaks down the doors, it'll just kill the vibe, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I mean, just most of the people, and I would say he was the only real surprise that I had because most of the people had already kind of revealed their personal politics. You know, right. uh, I know where everybody sat or sits, but that was a bit surprising. And he's very upset. But like you said, I mean, I'm just going to, you know, give him a week to cool off. And, you know, I mean, we'll still be friends. It's fine. He seems like a reasonable guy. He's a great guitar player. Yeah. If all the people who, who swore they were going to either kill themselves or move to Canada. Well, actually, we, Limbaugh would have been gone four years ago, first yeah, of all. Yeah, actually did. So there, Darn. there would be... I saw one guy, uh, actually it was a woman on Twitter, probably a young woman, who says, I'm going to kill myself, then kill Obama, then move to Canada. And I had to scratch my head just a little. I, I saw that. I retweeted that because like, you're, you're, you've had a little bit to drink. You're not thinking very thinking this through very clearly, well, you, are you? Screw the order. Saying anything about killing the president on uh, anywhere will get you a visit by men in very dark suits with very automatic weapons at their disposal. I mean, what yeah, are you thinking? I think so. That? They're not going to follow every tweet. I mean, if they did, they'd be having to. Well, especially last night, but still, I mean. I mean, yeah. under normal circumstances, it is a federal crime to threaten yes. the life, to even threaten the life of the president. So she has committed right. a crime. In I suppose. It, I suppose it could be. I, I doubt that that the next day she'll be. But it, I was, you know, I got did get in one discussion. I tried to really limit my um, my discussions on uh, on Facebook today with uh, with my right wing friends, but I did get in one with a guy who just insists absolutely claims that race has nothing to do with this result and really this is the result of the way the left attacked George W Bush for 8 years and that's why Romney lost because of the lack of respect for the glorious job that George W Bush actually did like dude all you have to do is search coon or nigger on twitter and yeah, watch yeah, the yeah, results yeah, yeah. G-rated show, G-rated show, earmuffs. <laughs> watch the results. Do not flow say the in. R word. Uh, anyway, and, and you cannot believe that like racism is dead in America. Well, in many ways, the fact that the right is still in denial about the fact that they don't understand the makeup of their own party and the makeup of the nation. The nation is getting less white and more brown. And much Absolutely. to David Duke's chagrin, you know, he's they're all very upset about this. But yeah, 81% of, a, of Romney voters are, are white. But whereas... if they continue to misinterpret the reasons about why they lost, they will continue to lose, which is fine. Right. I, I I mean, uh, Michael Steele, isn't that uh, a black gentleman? He used to be the head of the Republican National head Party. Of the party. Yeah. He's a MSNBC consultant now, but I, I heard I saw him on NBC, MSNBC this morning, and he was on one of those uh, whatever mid afternoon, mid morning coffee shows or whatever. Right, right. And he was angry. I would say pissed off. He sat there next to an Asian woman and said, the Republican Party just doesn't get it. They don't understand that the electorate now looks more like you and me instead of yeah. this gentleman on my right. And that yeah. was a blatant I mean, I mean, amount, not majority, you know, frustration. It's not majority minority yet. 
You know what I mean by that? Like, well, yeah, uh, but the numbers are changing, and the yeah, fact of the matter changing. is, yeah. there are brown people and yellow people and black people, and Absolutely. you know, there might even be some green people that the government's hiding in Area Fifty One. Who knows? <laughs> and to to fail to appeal to uh, young voters and Hispanic voters—that's uh, what that's really sealed the deal. You know, well, yeah, Obama got three quarters of the Hispanic vote, but and they you know, also they they were not able to turn out their base. The turnout was lower this year for the GOP than it was the previous election and the election before that. So it's been steadily declining. Right. And I think the GOP needs to understand, and I guess, you know, they should listen to our show and, and get a clue uh, <laughs> about strategy for uh, 2016, but they, they can't just say we like uh, blacks, we like Hispanics, that's, we that's like Jews. That's what some of my friends say. They say, "Well, watch the watch the GOP convention. They had some black people there, and like, yeah, they brought in the delegates from or like Puerto Rico and whatnot. They yeah. put them up front in front of the cameras. And you can't just say we like the minorities and and not back it up with policy actions. And we exactly. like the gays. We just want to throw them in jail. We want their votes, but we like the gays. Yeah. I mean, it's just insane. And they, it seems like they have absolutely, absolutely no understanding of the voting body in the United States right now. And there, I mean, there will always be a few people they can get to come on as as representatives like you know they did have a number of black speakers although they didn't wind up i think uh on broadcast tv as so much during the convention but there were some but they you know they're not it would be a big mistake to think that that means that they're representative of their demographics i'm not even sure they understand their base to be honest i mean i don't think they understand i think they're in denial. And I don't think that they even understand the fact that the kind of people that are pulling the levers for people like Michelle Bachman or, right. or Sarah Palin right. are, are either explicit racists or they're latent racists, the kind of people yeah. who say, I'm not a racist, but, and they get along fine with the black guy at work, but yet those sort of uh, right. racial dog whistling things that the candidates do and the little wink wink nudge nudge kind of stuff works on them. And they're the them. people who, who moved out of the downtown, who moved out of the cities when the black people started to populate their neighborhood. But you, you see what I'm saying? I mean, until that they, these people can get past their denial, again, fine. Let's say they the GOP openly accepts gay people and they change dramatically change their social policies about uh-huh. gay marriage and all of that. There's still going to be these sort of rural Minnesota, rural New York voters, the kind of voters who put Michelle Bachman in office, who I was hoping would lose, but it looks like she's going to win. Yeah, it looks um, like she they, will. They, they don't even seem to understand that these people are just, they don't want to be with the blacks and the gays and the Jews and the Hispanics and the Asians. They want It does a seem white... like their their base is, is kind of fractured now. The, the Tea Party, not really a separate party, didn't really pan out to, into well, becoming a real party sort of at a separate all. It's, movement. It's, it's, but yeah. it is definitely a faction of their base that they can energize. Well, you and know? it's several factions. There are a bunch of different Tea Party right. groups. And so there's forming not a one... loose coalition, but... But it is a portion of their base. But there are also there are paleoconservatives, traditional conservatives. They're older, and they're losing those people. And those are the people who I think were not energized by this election. Yeah, I mean, one of those conservatives is a, a former military colonel or general, and he is he's an MSNBC consultant too. Yeah, he's a, yeah. a self-described Republican, and just last week on Lawrence O'Donnell, he went off about racism in his party. He's just like, I don't recognize this party. Yeah, you know? and it's a. Uh, and that's a, they need to recognize that's a factor. I was going to say defection 
opposition from the Republican Party. It's happening. It's 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 a real phenomenon, and the people who are are uh, writing about it and talking about it, they're incredibly articulate about their disaffection with the with the party. What's gone wrong? Yeah. So, but we did we didn't see um, the uh, House like overturned. No, yeah. but we saw a lot of the right-wing nut jobs uh, that one uh, African-American uh, congressman in Florida, the, the guy who was saying, you know, the, he sounded like he was in the Manchurian candidate. You know, there are 111 members of the Communist oh, Party right, in Congress right, right, right now. Right. Yeah. I can't think of his name. He lost, you know, yeah, some a bunch of, the, of people. Some, some of the Tea Party seats were lost. And I, I love Mitch, or uh, I'm sorry, I love uh, John Boehner going on TV and giving his speech, trying to look like he wants to play along. But he's like, "Well, we may have lost the White House, but don't forget, we we took control of the." As if they had a minority and they got a majority. Right, right. He was no, speaking as still... if that's a mandate to be very conservative with their policies. Well, no, you already no, had. It's just, it's just continued, and some of that, if you look at. At the data at these districts, some of that they held those seats due to uh, gerrymandering. After 2010, they were able to right. revise. Uh, well, where districts. does the house sit in terms of uh, seats won or lost by the party? Do you know that number? I should have looked that up before, but I didn't, I, I didn't write it down. But uh, it, it didn't change. It didn't change a lot. Yeah, so that's no mandate for the GOP just because no. they managed to maintain control that they already had. Ooh, and one of my Facebook friends said that. He he thought it was it was basically a mandate for the status quo, which is eh, not exactly true given the presidential election. But it is true that they were able to muster a lot of support in these uh, in these Senate races. So, but by the way, you didn't say it. Say it. Who's the man? Who's the man? No, no. I I called three hundred and thirty. I said three twenty five to three thirty. All right, you got it, it right. All right, you got it um, right. What I, but you know what? I'm glad that I. Was well, I said it was either gonna. I was basically trying to say it was either gonna go very close to Nate Silver, or they would manage to interfere well, thinking, so much with the voting yeah. that it would be, it would be tied up that there would be recounts, recounts be, and questions of losing yeah. And I'm votes really glad and, I was wrong about that. I mean, it's clear that they uh, they did manage to suppress some votes and cause some problems and chaos and whatnot, but they didn't manage to throw any states into. You know, into recount or into real, like, real severe, uh, just, um, what's the word, contradictions with the the exit poll data and whatnot that would have made, uh, that would have been uh, evidence of of real fraud. Right. And so. as Rachel said, the real winner in this election is 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 Nate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think he gets paid over the next four years, his consulting yeah, company yeah. and his, the kind of data that he, he, his algorithms and all of that. I mean, he's I going to be. Uh, they were going to they were going to uh, let him out of his uh, computerized uh, hamster wheel and he was going to be able to emerge blinking into the light of day for the first time in a year. <laughs> Maybe he'll even kiss a girl. You know, yeah, that might be cool. It was. I, I'm impressed. He, he's he's definitely the man. I think he's going to spend the next uh, few weeks running uh, constant uh, calculations, describing to within uh, very accurate numbers of decimal points just how awesome he is. Yeah, Nate seems to have just nailed it. You know, he's like Commander Data or something. He might be an android <laughs> or an alien again. You know, could the, be. you got to appeal to the green vote, and by green, I mean Martians. They walk among us already. They do. No, it's just uh, it's it's just reality and and mathematics and facts, you know, for the win. What, what is that? Really that's just crazy that talk. 
Any other big surprises? Any other interesting stuff? You know what? The funny thing is I can't even tell you who won my local congressional seat. I mean, I voted in it, but I, I forgot to look it up. I don't know if my uh, – I suspect Hannah, the Republican, uh, who yeah. was the incumbent, won. And he's actually kind of a moderate Republican, which has sort of been the history. We had a guy in office for 24 years named Sherwood Bollert. And you know he was, he was very liberal on social issues, but he would be vote for military spending and stuff like that. But he wasn't a nut job. You know, you could talk to him and reason with him. And he used to go to all our local baseball games and he would sit and you could have a chat with him. And uh-huh. um, and Hannah, this this guy now, Richard Hannah, seems to be more like that than the classic neocon type. Yeah. So I suspect Hannah won, but we'll see. The Greens were not running a candidate oh, right. uh, against him. In my state, they were running against Kristen Gillibrand, the senator, one of the New York senators. And they were running at the top of the ticket for president and vice president. I haven't checked into all the races that I've uh, voted in, I did vote for one guy who stopped by the house a couple times to chat with us. I think he, he might have been running for treasurer. I can't remember. Was for that sure. the guy in the long coat that flashed you? Yeah, no, he seemed like a nice guy. But yeah. my, I was uh, very concerned about the proposals in Michigan. Proposal mm. one was right. whether whether this um, emergency manager law should stay law or should the be dictator overturned. law. Yeah. And, well, how did that it, do? I think it got overturned, right? It did. It did narrowly, but it, it looks like it did get overturned. But a lot of the other proposals, like uh, they were going to amend the Constitution to uh, guarantee the right to collective bargaining, uh, that went down. And it's, uh. it's very frustrating. Yeah. So most of the proposals that I was worried about failed. We had one proposal on the back of the ballot, the front where you write on. They're very thick pieces of paper, too. The front had uh, the the different races, and there was one proposal. But I knew nothing about the proposal, so I didn't feel uh, confident. Uh, and the descriptions that they give you in that one paragraph are not enough as far as yeah, I'm concerned. And they're often worded kind of confusingly Nebulously. or reversed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're using double negatives and stuff, and it's, right. it's just madness. But, uh, well, you want to jump into uh, two number two? Yeah, let's play to number two. All right, another one from Big Green. Let's check it out.
cool tune by Big Green. I like it. Again, a little bit of a Beatles kind of vibe going going in on that one. What was the title here? You had a That, a, a that one meeting. is called All the Loons Are There by yep. Big Green. Should I give away the secret? The theme yeah, give to away the, the music? Secret. Well, okay. So the, these guys are friends of mine and their name is Big Green and you and I endorsed the Green Party candidate and, for president. We, yeah, we voted for Jill Stein. Yeah. So Big Green and I guarantee you these two guys uh, I feel very confident that they voted for Jill Stein as well. Okay. And uh, the first song was called Disruption. And uh, no, not Eruption, not Eddie Van Halen, <laughs> Disruption. And, uh, you know, the the campaign has been very disruptive. It caused disruption. I mean, there was a guy on my Facebook friend list freaking out over the Rominator losing. So uh, there was a theme to two number one. And, of course, two number two was called All the Loons Are There and I'm not going to say who that's talking about, the right wing, uh, but uh, that was my Mr. Subliminal from Saturday Night Live, yeah. the old Kevin Nealon character. Very, very subliminal. So I had uh, I had a theme, and I, I actually emailed the music to Paul, and I was hoping he'd pick up on it. Normally he would, uh, but since he was low on I'm, sleep. I I'm tired. I, I, yeah. did have a, I only had two martinis last night, uh, so you know I, I wasn't uh, excessively hungover, but I was up way too late. So. When Paul drove home, he got pulled over and he said, yes, Sassifer, I only had tea martunis. No, that Grace drove. Oh, good. That was a joke anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, so Big Green all over the show today. We have some new music that we're going to feature next week, uh, a band from Canada called the Donafors, D-O-N-E-F-O-R-S, was kind enough to send me uh, two CDs. I got them in the mail today. And cool. that that band uh, came into my radar when Lonnie uh, Ziblatt from Modest Midget uh, hipped me to them and, you know, uh, put yeah. in a good word for me. So they sent nice. out uh, the CDs. And I, I think from what I'm seeing, Marion Call even has a new CD dropping in November. It's so, all about uh, the networking to get this uh, And music I do. I network like crazy to go out That's there. Great. And uh, and I don't know if I mentioned this, but uh, I can't. I was looking to play a Luftwaffe tune today, but, you know, we've played all of them. <laughs> we, we played the whole record, so I can't do that. But the good news is the guy that I visited yesterday in that studio, Tim, he was the drummer in the Luftwaffe, and they're actually working on a record again. The guitar oh, really? player lives locally, and he lives down uh, in the metro area, and they both have studios. So, like... Uh, 
Are you allowed to play that kind of metal in the year 2012? Is that like uh, still Well, this done? is going to be a new record. I don't even know what it sounds like, but they're you know collaborating again, and they're sending sessions back and forth and cutting tracks. And huh. I'm just excited about it because I thought they wrote some cool music, and it was kind of fun. And, yeah, that uh, sounds well, cool. I'm yeah. sure this new record will sound nothing like the old one, but I told Tim I was excited about it, and I can't wait to hear it and play it on the podcast. But uh, I am I am trying to get some time together because I have a song written that I'm planning to record for Christmas. Oh, cool. Awesome. Well, I'm actually working on a Christmas-themed tune as well that a friend of mine from Australia wrote. I don't know if I'll have the ability to get it out by Christmas this year because the singer that I want to sing on it lives in Minneapolis, and I want to get her here locally to be able to cut the tracks. Yeah. I just don't know I'm if it's going to happen. I'm trying to collaborate with a friend of mine, too, and I don't, I don't know if it's going to work out, but we'll see. What we can. So I guess that's a show, man. It sounds like a show. Cool. This is Rich Wilgus in uh, the blue state of uh, Utica, New York. And I'm Paul Potts in also a blue state, Saginaw, Michigan. Check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. Send us feedback, feedback at bloodyveg.com. Send us some voicemail, 206-376-0397. Tell us about the election and what you did and what you thought and who you hate. Anyway, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye now.